This is episode 269 of the Wrestling Brethren podcast. I'm your host, Josh Wiener, along with Seth Silman and Jared Aubrey. And on this episode, we will be discussing the latest wrestling news and discuss potential WrestleMania 38 matches. Hey, OJ Will, get us started. What up? This is Josiah Williams, and you're listening to the Wrestling Brethren podcast, where wrestling and pop culture collide. Yeah. We are back at the Wrestling Brethren podcast, and we do have some breaking news to get into. But before we start that, Seth, Jarrett, how the hell are you? Oh, things getting back to normal. Uh, interesting holiday season. We got some snow that's finally drying up. So here's to normality. I don't know what you guys, you guys are, are pretty close to otherwise what, what we're like, but only I think in Winnipeg, can you go at minus 23 Celsius with a wind chill, making it minus 45. And then three days later be minus two with no wind chill. So um running the gamut <laughs> over here and it's interesting as we always do between winnipeg and chicago it's summer one day winter the next mild heat wave after that <laughs> oh boy all right well this is january 13th and i'm gonna go with three breaking news stories and they're breaking because they either just happened or they happened earlier today and this is going to keep me on my editing toes because if I delay in getting this episode posted, it's not going to be really breaking anymore. But the first breaking item is today marks day 500 of the universal title reign of your tribal chief. And in the words of the man himself, acknowledge him. And I think that is what probably the longest reign since one of Hogan's reigns, I think. I think Brock had a 500 something reign in there. I don't know if it was collective or singular, but okay. And of uh, course, technically yeah. it's a different, it's a different title than the one Hogan held because you know, the universal title only started in what? 2016. Right. Correct. Yeah. I thought it was interesting too, that, that Paul Heyman was telling everyone on Twitter to acknowledge him today too. You know, given the all the storyline business happening between him and Roman and Brock, but I'll certainly acknowledge him. He's my tribal chief. Yeah, Paul doesn't quite know what he wants, but we'll get into that in another episode. <laughs> the second breaking item, and this broke within the last hour on Impact Wrestling tonight. There was a title for title match. Between the AAA women's champion, Deanna Parazzo, and the Ring of Honor women's champion, Roxy, and new Ring of Honor women's champion, Deanna Parazzo. So Ring of Honor, while it's on its hiatus, its titles are being defended on random shows. Jonathan Gresham defended the world title at the Hard to Kill pay-per-view and retained Roxy gets an opportunity at Impact and drops her title. It's definitely an interesting time to be a wrestling fan when you hear stuff like this. I mean, Impact may be setting a record now for the number of companies that they're working with because they've worked with AEW, with New Japan. Um, they Technically, they're working with WWE now because of the Mickey James news. Uh, so it's, it's a very interesting time for, uh, for them. And I think it shows that there's enough, how would you say, pieces of pie, you might say, for the smaller companies to work with each other. Now, Gianna Parasso, was she one of those that was uh, one of the MMA friends of uh, Ronda Rousey, or am I thinking of somebody else? No, she was not. Oh, okay. Uh, she was but, in NXT. Uh, she was okay. the virtuosa and still is the virtuosa. Um, but since leaving NXT and being given an opportunity and a chance... And booked properly. She's a two-time Impact Knockouts champion. She's the AAA women's champion currently. And now the Ring of Honor women's champion. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a pretty impressive feat for her. Definitely male or female. And not only is it interesting that impact is working with all these different companies, but just think back guys, like three years ago, even where this would all have been like, you wouldn't dare utter the name of another promotion on TV or, you know, anything would, would not be done um, in front of the camera, right? Like you'd never mention anybody. You'd never say another, uh, another wrestler's name. It was just all very verboten. The walls were up. And uh, especially now with uh, the Mickey, Mickey James news that even WWE is getting into the game. So times they are a change in for sure. Especially in WWE, when you come in from somewhere else, even if you previously worked for WWE, they just say you wrestled all over the world. Apparently, Nashville and Toronto and wherever else Impact has been based out of is all over the world. (laughs) Also breaking today, uh, since being released last week, uh, today, Tommy Dreamer has officially offered a job to William Regal as either an on-air authority figure or a commentator. So no word on Regal's response or level of interest, um, but there has been an official job offer made. I think I would have been more surprised if he wasn't given an offer. I think I'd said uh, off mic. I can't remember if we talked about it last time, but Regal is one of those guys. He could probably do just about everything. Well, he probably could wrestle if he really wanted to, uh, but I get, I get the feeling that um, he he would probably want to work more either in a backstage capacity or in just a, like, like an authority figure capacity. So, uh, but he, that, that's a guy where it's like, even if he's not wrestling, how the heck do you let that guy go? Because literally just about anything in the wrestling business, he'd be very good at. We know he can do commentary. We know he could be an authority figure. He's a good talker. So he could be a manager if you wanted him to, to be. Uh, he could do agent work or producering as, as they call it in WWE. So yeah, I'm, I, it doesn't surprise me at all that, that he got approached. Like I said, I'd probably be more surprised if he wasn't approached at some point. Yeah. He's, he's so versatile and he's so good too. And yeah, just like Seth said, it's really just a matter of time. So I, I wouldn't be surprised that uh, very soon he's, if this doesn't come through that he's going to get snapped up somewhere. Seth, what's their, um, What's their cage, steel cage pay-per-view or stipulation? Oh, we're talking impact or? Yeah. I believe it's lockdown is the, the show that would have the cage matches. Okay. I don't think it has the same panache as war games, but. Right. <laughs> we're going to settle this lockdown. Yeah. Not the same okay. thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we were going to go. Uh, Just with those three stories, but since we've mentioned Mickey James a couple of times already, and I don't think we've covered it since it was just announced last Friday, but on Friday on SmackDown, they did a thing and then it was overshadowed by the other thing. And I don't know where I fall on this. I I know where I fall on the surprises being ruined and I'm pretty pissed off about it. But the whole Mickey James thing kind of overshadowed it. But th- on SmackDown, they announced they ran a video package that announced 18 of the 30 competitors in the Women's Royal Rumble, including what would have been surprises. Now, that's part of the beauty of the Royal Rumble match is being surprised by all the returns and debuts and whatever. And they just took the piss out of it by announcing it as matter of factly as they did. And then they said that Mickey James was coming back. And I was like, wait, she's under contract with Impact. What the fuck? What? And then they mm-hmm. heard Pat McAfee acknowledge her, no pun intended, as the Impact Knockouts champion. And I was like, what? What the? What? What is going on? So, and as part of that announcement, you have the return of the Bella Twins. So they've been medically cleared. And. Charlotte inserts herself as the existing women's champion. She says she's going to win and pick her own opponent for WrestleMania. So there's so many things to unpack from this one segment, but I'm still pissed about the, the 
surprises being ruined. I mean, there are 11 slots left, but uh, just that's one of the best parts of that pay-per-view and just ruined. <laughs> I couldn't help but notice uh, whether it was Raw or SmackDown. I forget which one I was watching, but the announcers were talking about the Women's Royal Rumble and like the, I think they called it like the, the, uh, exclusive or whatever. Basically they, they were saying that it was like just a small number of, of people that, that would have the honor of being in the, the women's Royal rumble or something like that. Um, uh, and then I, I'm thinking like, wow, yeah, the, uh, the role is so unique that they have to go outside of their own company to find like a third of the combatants, a third of the entrance, you know? Yeah. It's really exclusive group. You might say, yeah, this bothered me too. The naming all the uh, all the surprise entrants and legends returning because, like you said, like, you covered it really well, Josh. Is like that's part of the mystique of this match. Is like who's going to show up next? Who's coming out next when that buzzer counts down or that timer counts down and the buzzer goes off? Is who are we going to get next? And and it's basically been all ruined. So yeah, this is going to be a downer watching this match. Actually, right? There's going to be no surprises left. So yeah, yeah, and I'm. Not looking forward to this storyline of uh, Charlotte Flair. If that if that goes through, it's like might as well just turn it off. If she's even in the last four, I'm going to be pissed. But anyway, we will get into that more in a couple of weeks when we do our Royal Rumble preview and predictions. But coming up next here, we have the recently released Pro Wrestling Illustrated Awards for 2021, and Seth. I will pass it off to you. Yep. This is the current issue of PW Insider. I believe it's dated, uh, I want to say April of 2022. And this is kind of hot off the presses here. I'll give you all the main awards here. I, I think it's kind of funny because I was reading feedback online from people saying, oh, this is clearly biased because AEW, they even say it on the front cover that AEW cleaned house in the awards so of course there's people saying it's biased and it's just like i know that pwi is a kayfabe magazine essentially where they, they still try to pass off like it like it's real overall or at least to try to make you forget that it's predetermined but my understanding is the awards are still fan voted so you can't really accuse them of being biased when it when it's fan voting but i'll, I'll give the the winner and then the, the runner up runners up as well rookie of the year uh, which was one award for male or female. There wasn't uh, a female rookie and a male rookie. Uh, the winner was Jade Cargill for AW, and the number two was Braun Breaker. Either one of those two could have won, won, in my opinion. And then there was Bad Bunny and Brock Anderson. Most improved wrestler of the year was Britt Baker, with the other three being... Bobby Lashley, which is interesting considering how far along in, a, in his career he is. He's in his mid-40s. Trevor Murdoch, probably because he won the NWA title. And the aforementioned Deanna Perrazzo. Can I back up a sec? Sure. I'm, I'm sorry. People voted in Bad Bunny? Uh, well, it was technically his first match. It was his only match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get one at bat and you're a Rookie of the Year candidate? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I can't see that. Uh, the it's next one was this list became kind of useless. Yeah, this one. The next one's no surprise. It was comeback of the year. That was Sam Punk. He got almost half of the vote, with the other runners up being Sting, Christian Cage, and Becky Lynch. Inspirational wrestler of the year uh, is Edge, which I totally see that. I think that's the first WWE one we've gotten so far. With the other four or the other three being Bianca Belair, Big E, and Mickey James. Most popular wrestler of the year was also CM Punk. He got 25%. And there is a nice picture of him holding both plaques in the pages of the magazine because, you know, he's doing his Indian style sitting and just kind of has his CM Punk smirk with the, with the awards. And number two actually was also AEW, that, that, which kind of surprised me being Adam Page. And then the second and third runners up were Biggie and Bianca Belair. Most hated wrestler was another walk away for AEW. That was MJF. He got 44% of the vote. Roman Reigns was second at 26%. And then Kenny Omega 
at third with 9% and Baron Corbin with 6%. Feud of the year was Chris Jericho against MJF with number two being Sasha Banks against Bianca Belair. Third was Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. And then fourth was Edge versus Roman Reigns. Independent wrestler of the year was Nick Gage. I don't think I recognize the other three names that were runners up, but that was Trisha Dora, Tony Deppin, and Effie. Trisha Dora is in Ring of Honor. Effie's in GCW, and I don't know who the other oh, okay. one is. Uh, match of the year was a women's match. It was for AEW, the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa match that was the with, with all the tax and the blood and all that, which a lot of people pointed towards as being the star making performance for for Britt. But there's also the Young Bucks Lucha Brothers cage match that I know Josh and I saw live. Uh, Bianca Belair against Sasha Banks, which I think was was Mania. Uh, April 10th was Mania this past year, right? Yeah, uh, that was the night. And one then there event. was the Walt, Walter Ilya Dragunov uh, NXT match where Dragunov won the title. Yep, take over 36. Yeah. Tag team of the year was the Bucks. Uh, and... Second was Lucha Brothers with Usos and New Day. Any one of those four probably could have won the whole award, and I would have won first place, and I think I would have been cool with it. Uh, Woman of the Year was Britt Baker again. Uh, Almost the same runners-up, Bianco Belair, Mickey James, and Deanna Perrazzo. Wrestler of the Year was Kenny Omega. I could see if somebody voted Roman Reigns. I'd had no problem with Roman being number one, but he was number two. And then there was Bianca Belair and Big E. And that pretty much wraps it up for the for the official awards. I think there were some lifetime achievement ones that like Ron Simmons got, and there was like fan awards that that have a funny name to it. But those are the main awards. It looks like I think it was what, what all but like one or two were were AW wrestlers. So I think it says something, at least as far as the fans that pay attention to the media and the magazines and such. Um, I think I still maintain that Becky Lynch only came back because of the CM Punk debut. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. I think Vince Mm -hmm. got on the phone call immediately and flew her out. Um, I think comeback of the year for 2022 is going to be Ray Phoenix's elbow. Yeah. (laughs) God. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I totally missed that the first time. And then when I was looking for it, it's like, whoa, did I wince? Yeah, that looked nasty. Okay. So it's we're in the official road to WrestleMania as we get closer to the Royal Rumble, which technically officially kicks everything off. There was supposed to be a big angle at day one to start WrestleMania, but that got kiboshed and sidetracked because of Roman testing positive for COVID. And now everything's sent into a tizzy because God only knows what we're actually going to get now. Um, There were reports of Seth Rollins was supposed to win the WWE title. Um, So all that went by the wayside, as we already know. But I was perusing TikTok the other day, as I normally do, to keep myself entertained. And there is a wrestling side of TikTok where some content creators and wrestling fans post various things and opinions and some are live on Twitch and some do other forms of streaming and whatnot. And I came across a prediction of the entire WrestleMania 38 card. And I figured I would write it all down and we would discuss it. Just some of these are logical. Some of these are not logical in terms of I don't know how we would get there. Some of these are I don't want us to get there. So we're gonna yeah. we're just gonna break these down, give our thoughts, agree, disagree, what have you. And I will give credit where credit is due. This is the WrestleMania 38 card as predicted by user at Flying King74 on TikTok. So I'm going to go through these match by match because obviously I'm not going to expect you guys to memorize this if I read out the whole thing. But we've got on night one, the annual women's battle royal 
and he has predicted the winner to be Dewdrop. I can see that. I could see that, especially if they're going to go through with changing her name back to Piper Niven. Yeah, that's the story. That and we and I don't know what the deal is. I know there's many many weeks until Mania, but they're really it really feels like they're dragging their feet on this, or they just don't feel it's important to them because they already filed the trademark. Unless the trademark hasn't gone through, which is goofy because that was her name in WWE NXT UK. So you would have thought they would have had it trademarked already, but I guess not. She doesn't have Eva Marie anymore because Eva Marie was released. She doesn't dress in the pastels anymore. She dresses like she used to in NXT UK. They filed the trademark with the exception of her just naming her finisher. Dewdrop or Dewdropped or whatever it was. It's a bonsai, bonsai drop, but whatever. I don't understand the delay in going back to Piper Niven. Just do it already. No pun intended. Um, oh, man. So so, so I, I'm i okay with this. I can see it. I don't know if they're going to have the Battle Royals, depending on where we're at come April, in terms of restrictions and all that. Because, again, that's 20 to 30 people in one ring times two if you do the women's and the men's. But I'm okay as long as the winner is Piper Niven, not Dewdrop. Yeah, and I, I think okay, she's next. better cast as a baby face than a heel, but that that's just me. Yeah. Okay, next match. Uh, this, to me, is a slam dunk. Uh, father versus son. Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio. I think we've all been expecting that since Dominic first showed up because it just tends to be what WWE do, does. They seem to love the family feuds even though there's t- it rarely works. Now, we've seen that for his level of experience, Dominic's very good, and obviously we all know how good uh, Ray is. And who knows, maybe it doesn't have to be a heel turn. Maybe maybe they'll have it be kind of a, uh, you know, the best test is uh, against the his own father or something to that effect. But... If it is a just the, the basic heel turn and verbally burying his father for for a few weeks and then they have the the match, I that that's boring to me. But I I have I have no doubt that it's going to happen sooner or later. And that's one of these one of these cases where I hope I'm wrong. That's actually not a bad idea. I think I meant I I think they need to get there, right? Because I mean, as as a tag team, like they're pretty much either filler right now is they're 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 not being given a serious run given everybody else they have at the top of their tag team game right now but either you could do you know the the storyline we all thought they were going to do where where dominic is upset and flips out on ray and we get you know the the battle or it's like let's create i mean and this is kind of a lazy way out too but it's, it's like let's create a family wrestlemania moment or something we'll have a match against each other they can very easily do that just because his beef is going to be you actually put me on the line against eddie <laughs> and that was how long ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly okay for the raw women's championship becky lynch Defends against Alexa Bliss. That's as good of a match as any. I like both of these people. I probably don't need to repeat about how Becky Lynch would probably be a baby face. I'm assuming Alexa is going to be the baby face in this feud. But I like both gals. So, yeah, yeah, that should no problems here. Well, that makes sense. And if they're going to be really hyping up uh, Alexa's return, they started playing the the graphics and the and the clips already uh, makes makes completely perfect sense. And yeah, I'd love to see that match too. Why must they continuously have some desire to use psychiatrists to help wrestlers with their problems in a campy, cheesy, stupid skit or a series of skits on TV and just if we're going to go back to Alexa bliss being the goddess, can we just skip all this nonsense and garbage of her quote unquote journey? Not good television at all, but 
that being said, I could see her winning the Royal Rumble and challenging Becky Lynch as long as we get past the campy stuff as quickly as possible. In a singles match, Big E versus Gable Stevenson, or Stevenson, sorry, no N. And that's the uh, Olympian that signed over the past year or two, right? Correct. Okay. Um, I guess I'd have to see the guy in the ring first. I'm, I'm sure he's going to be fine because you know, you, you, it never hurts to be a great athlete uh, when you're being a wrestler. So I'm sure he'll, he'll catch on quickly. So I will reserve judgment. I would rather see Big E back in the title picture, though. This was the moment I realized I need a Steve Austin what on my soundboard. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I, I yeah, I don't know how we get there. He hasn't even debuted yet. Yeah, and well, I mean, geez, like he just lost it, <clears throat> his belt after having a decent run. Like, where's his? Are they still doing the the automatically contracted rematches in order to draw out feuds and stuff? Like, where's where's he fit into that? Depends on which lore you believe in which you know which um canon storyline you believe that either they did away with those or they continuously use them time after time after time yeah now we're we're still talking about big e here right yeah yeah here's another possibility maybe big e wins the title back and it's gable challenging for the title I mean, that would be a heck of a thing to go in just a couple of months, but I don't maybe, maybe there's another advertised, maybe there's a title match we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, there is. The, this is just a straight-up singles match. Okay. Okay, next. The Intercontinental title match. Champion Sami Zayn, which is not the current champion, versus Sheamus. And as things stand right now, this would be a heel versus heel match. Well, we're getting a couple of those at Royal Rumble, so I guess it shouldn't be too surprising. Uh, I'd, I'd heard that Nakamura has some injuries. I think that he's going to get treated, so maybe that's uh, why, because I know he hasn't been wrestling much lately. Uh, I think giving Sammy a singles run is should be just fine. I mean, baby face or heel. So on paper, uh, this looks just fine. I, I know Sheamus has had that history of hurting a few guys but i mean sammy's good enough that they probably shouldn't have to worry about doing any any nasty bumps or anything like that i don't know how many times they need to go back to sheamus like this when you when you read off this match neither of those names was ricochet so it's already a better match yeah especially these two guys i have zero interest in that match whatsoever yeah, this one doesn't really jump off the page at me. And uh, spoiler alert, Ricochet's not on this card. He's probably assumed to be in the Battle Royal. The, yeah, let's give cool. everybody a paycheck, Battle Royal. Yeah, pretty much. This guy's useless. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another singles match. Nikki A.S.H. versus Rhea Ripley. Yeah, I figured that was coming because of the breakup that they did. Why they're making Nikki a heel, I do not understand. I mean, maybe they'll be ditching the superhero gimmick because now they won't have another person named Cross on the main roster. Uh, but Or any roster. Yeah, yeah pretty <laughs> much. Uh, but to have Nikki be the heel when she's like half Rhea's size, it, it, it'll be very difficult to make people care about that i mean nikki was a heel for her a lot of her run in nxt so i mean she she knows how to be a heel but given that size difference because Rhea ripley is one of those women that she could believably wrestle guys and and it could work as far as a a wrestling match you know because she you know she's clearly no no stranger to the gym and Nikki's a great wrestler, but I mean, I, what she's probably only a little bit taller than Alexa Bliss, I think, isn't isn't she like five foot something? So it, it it'll be a challenge to try to get her booed against a babyface who's much bigger than her. Yeah, this is another match I, I really wouldn't be interested in. In in my perfect world, Rhea Ripley wins the Royal Rumble, 
Um, so we'd have a different title, excuse me, different title match happening possibly. Um, but Nikki ASH, I, yeah, that's a channel changer for me. I think what they should have done instead, and now granted, my understanding is Nikki wanted to do the superhero gimmick because I guess she reads comics in real life and such. But the way she looked before, I mean, she kind of had that punk rock look like Rhea had, especially in NXT. So I think it would have made more sense if you were going to team them against each other, that they both have the, uh, the punk rock or goth look. I think that would have worked better than one pretending to be a superhero, but that's 2020 hindsight. Yeah. For, for one thing, she stood on the ramp after she turned on Rhea and said, almost superheroes don't need friends. I'm like, no, you dolt. Villains don't need friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that just, I'm like, that did not resonate with me at all. And secondly, I hope this does not stretch until mania. I could see this blowing off at the rumble in a singles match or on TV even, but please don't make this run all the way until mania. There's just not, not enough there to make it a mania feud. Yeah. But that, that line, uh, one other thing that, that line reminded me, because I know we're all, uh, old here, so I can make this dated reference. It wasn't in an episode, I don't think. I think it was in a, a a book that I read. It was actually G1 Transformers. And uh, the Decepticons, I think, turned on Starscream or something like that in the resolution. And then in, in the final moments, uh, whether it was Jazz or one of the Autobots says, geez, with enemy like that, who enemies like that, who needs friends? And Optus Prime just says, we do. And then they transform and roll out. I, I don't know why. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why that, made, that triggered that memory, but it did. Okay, this does not say who would be the heel and who would be the face, but in in an I quit match, Randy Orton versus Riddle. I figured this is what they were going to be building to from the start. That it, you know it was going to be that odd couple, and then Randy would eventually just give the mother of all RKOs to Riddle, and then uh, gets kicked off. But I think what what happened is they were getting over. And my understanding, I could be wrong, but my understanding is Orton has liked working with Riddle. And that's why it's gone on so long. And I find myself uh, cheering them. I think I said in the the last show that it's interesting to watch Randy Orton in Riddle's corner because he is such a good cheerleader for Riddle when when Orton's on the side. So I'm assuming Orton's going to be the heel in this because Riddle would need a real character makeover if he's going to turn heel and Orton can be the same exact character babyface or heel and it'll work so my hunch though is that this will be an attempt to get Riddle to the next level and you know in order to get better or get further up the card you got to work with people who are better and further up the card than you I was just going to say that this match better end with Orton putting Riddle over that's probably the only way I would enjoy it yeah I would have to I think this team was destined to break up from the start. So doing it at mania, you know, after a long time of run and a um, good tag team run together, that's, that makes the most sense. Yeah. As I've stated previously, the lazy way out is to make Randy the heel again. The more interesting path is having riddle turn on Randy for never being there initially when he needed him to be, and then you can go through that character metamorphosis and have him be the MMA ass kicker instead of the guy who gets high all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the main event of night one is essentially a rematch of what we're already getting at the Royal Rumble. In the WWE title match, Brockett Lesnar defends against Bobby Lashley. Okay, so this would be a rematch from the Rumble. I am one of those people who was asking for Brock versus Bobby for a very long time. And I know we're, it seems like we're only getting it because Roman had COVID for a week. But beggars can't be choosers. So if this is indeed the Mania main event, I'm all for it. I, I'm assuming this means Lesnar might retain and then Bobby, did, uh, and then Bobby just might have to 
win the Rumble, or maybe Bobby wins and then Brock wins the Rumble, or uh, I just maybe we're getting to something else that I won't touch on now, but remind me if we get past uh, the night two, uh, I'll follow up on if they're going where I think they're going. This would pretty much have to be the mother of all Haas fights, wouldn't it? Seth, you'd be right in the front row for this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. This sounds like a great match. Yeah, I know. I'd, I'd be for this match for sure. And I mean, it makes sense with Brock having to get over there. Um, it, it's, uh, it's a continuation of the result out of, out of the, uh, the five-way match uh, you know, that we just had, the crown Brock. So, yeah, it sounds good to me. I wonder if they will have a visual similar to the Roman Brock match. I can't remember if I think it was their second mania match that they had where Roman was this bloody mess. And then he spears Brock and like, you just get the visual of there being a blood splatter, like something out of a horror movie. And when he hits that spear, there was so much blood that you just blood just splooshes all over the place. Cause they could probably do that with Bobby. If he, because he used a spear as well. If I could, if I could hijack this for just a moment, since we're you know we're predicting things and we're having a little bit of fun with it and we're throwing out possibilities, do you think that they're still going to try and work back to Roman and Brock? I mean, like they're we're, they're showing up on you know Brock showing up on both shows. What are the chances that Brock's on both nights? That was what I was. Uh, alluding to when I said, uh, I wonder if they're going where I think they might be going. <laughs> you know, they might do the Wrestle Kingdom approach. Yeah. Sorry to steal that from you. Seth, I had no idea that's where you were going. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only person that, that thought of that. So, so no problem. It would be interesting. Uh, you know, they hinted already that Brock wants to do title for title. Uh, you know, whether or not they have any concrete plans to unify these titles, I don't know. Uh, so this is this is what's going to make our Rumble predictions interesting because a lot of things are up in the air now. Things that we thought were written in pencil now seem to be written in invisible disappearing ink. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting kerfuffle in a couple of weeks trying to get these predictions out, but. Back to these WrestleMania 38 potential matches, matchups, I should say. We are on night two, and kicking things off is the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, won by Omos. I could totally see that because there's that special ingredient that is in Omos that is in only a few wrestlers, and that is that he is big, and we know how much. Vince likes big guys, so yeah, I, that this would not surprise me at all. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all either, especially when they're trying to get him, uh, you know, elevated a bit in in the whole story with him and AJ. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. Agreed. Next, no holds barred match: Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. Well, I'm assuming one of them will turn babyface between now and then. I had floated the idea. I think it was I think I was replying to uh David McKinney on Twitter because th- this past raw they had Big E versus Seth and Seth won it clean even though Big E was the one that made the challenge and I had put down well if um, what I said was that if Seth wins the title from Brock which I could totally see happening because Roman interferes and then Big E wins the Rumble, that's how you get your rematch. Because if Big E beat Seth on Monday, then he wouldn't need to win the Rumble to have a reasonable argument to get a title match. Because, hey, I beat the guy who just became the champion, so I should get the next shot. That's sound logic. Uh, but if since Seth beat him, that kind of does away with a logical match for the title. I mean, I know WWE could just do it anyway, but I think you get what I mean. It's like it makes sense if Seth wins the title and then Big E's on the chase. It it doesn't make sense if 
Seth is going to lose and, and um, or if, if Big E were to have, uh, have beaten Seth before Seth goes into that big title match. I hope I'm making sense with that. I think you guys mean, get what I mean. Yeah. I guess that for me just depends on, um, you know, Seth and Roman, right? So Seth showed up and, um, started laughing with Roman at the end of SmackDown after Adam Pierce said, well, here's going to be, you know, I want to tell you who your next challenger is. So assuming that means that Seth loses a title title match at the rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, and that opens it up to go forward from there, I guess. So this certainly wouldn't be a title title match. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I guess it wouldn't be uh, the title match because if I recall correctly, Bobby Lashley's got the title match at, at rumble, right? And then they do the rematch at mania. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I just also realized keeping- they talked about uh, Seth beating Brock instead of beating Roman. Yeah, keep in mind th- these project- bleh, projections were made before last week's television. So, you know, okay. things change on a fly. None of this is official. It's just speculation right. and one fan's suggestion. So I think we're making too much effort to try to make it make sense. Um, <laughs> but, Special since uh, WWE. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. Um. So yeah, the uh, title matches are all announced, so you don't have to speculate if so-and-so wins this, and is it a title match, is it not? Unless I say it is, it's not pr- projected as such. But anyway, okay. uh, moving on to the next singles match with no uh, ramifications or any stipulations tied to it, Liv Morgan versus Bianca Belair. I am assuming that this would be a babyface versus babyface match, but either one of them could turn. I would imagine between the two, it would be more likely for Liv to turn. But even if they do it, babyface, babyface, that you know, you know that's fine. Yeah, Laurie well, here too. Um, you know, Liv having just failed her championship championship opportunity uh, needs to build her way back up the ladder, and what better uh, spot to do it than with Bianca? So it'll be an interesting match for sure. They would have to tell a lot of story before making this mania worthy, in my opinion. This, to me, is a kickoff show match, but uh, it all depends on the storytelling, I guess. For the United States title in a triple threat match, Damian Priest defends against Finn Balor and Austin Theory. Well, I hate three-way title matches, so that's got that going against it for me, but uh, in ring, it should be fine. No, 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 <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 change the channel. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just move on then. Uh, unfortunately, Seth, you won't like this one either, potentially, but for the SmackDown women's championship in another triple threat match in one, I don't think we've seen before. And if we have, it was probably in NXT. But Charlotte Flair defends against Sasha Banks and Bailey. Oh dear God! Yeah. So that—that's what the uh, three-quarter horsewomen. Yeah. Again, uh, those are the three that really were prime players in the initial. What was it? Women's Revolution or something like that. So. Sure. I'm once again. I'm sure it'll be fine. But we've seen variant takes on this match for five, six years now. So, I mean, it'll. I'm sure it'll be fine. But it's just doesn't pique my interest. I guess is the best way I can put it. Well, the previous triple threat was Charlotte, Sasha, and Becky at 33. I want to say whenever the women's title was first introduced, replacing the Divas title. And Bailey was left behind at NXT. So this trio has never prominently been featured in a title feud before. So that aspect is new. I don't know. It's it's more Charlotte Flair. It's more Bailey that I don't want to see. I mean, and Sasha Banks is kind of like, can you ever decide if you want to show up or not? Stay on the roster. And so I just kind of lost all interest in her. So, I mean... Like Seth said, like, well, the match would be fine. I would have zero interest in it, probably. For the SmackDown Tag Team titles, the Usos defend against the Viking Raiders. 
I would watch that match all day. I like both teams, so no complaints at all here. Yeah, this would be good. Uh, be uh, a different style of match for the Usos and what we've been getting lately. Um, it's it's all been kind of like talent, you know, the you know, new day and that kind of thing. So I'm um, seeing up against a couple of big guys with a completely different uh, uh, style would be awesome. And it's a fresh matchup that we haven't seen in a long time, or, or have we ever seen it? Uh, so yeah, I'd be all for it. This next match is probably the only match on this projected card that I want to see as booked. In a last man standing match, Edge versus AJ Styles. Again, I would watch that movie all day. I'm assuming that the mixed tag, I mean, are they doing that at the Rumble or or are they saving that for Mania? No, that's at the Rumble. That is at the Rumble, okay. But AJ can have a great match with anybody. Um, I don't think they've had a singles match between each other, meaning Edge and AJ. And they just turned AJ babyface, I think. I know NXT can kind of be a bizarro world sometimes, but I thought that almost turning on AJ was turning him babyface. So again, babyface, babyface, or is Edge going to be the heel? Because if one's going to be the heel in that match, it probably should be Edge, which means he'd have to turn within the next month. So yeah, that, that does sound like speculation, but I'm not going to complain if, if it happens. This would be even more awesome if they made it um, a cinematic-style match and did all kinds of crazy stuff with it. I'd be all for it. In a boneyard with the return of The Undertaker. <laughs> uh, main event. Uh, I can tell you right now I'm not feeling this, so... <laughs> I don't have much to say on it, but for the Universal Championship, Roman Reigns defends against Drew McIntyre. I had heard that allegedly Drew was going to be the guy that was going to challenge Roman uh, between Rumble and Mania, or maybe at the Rumble, but he had that. He's getting his uh, neck worked on, I think, which is why they did the neck injury at the last show. Uh, if it does happen, I mean, I'm sure it'll be good because I like both guys. But with the amount that they're putting into Roman versus Brock, it's hard for me to believe that that's not going to be the Mania match. Yeah. Uh, so what I was thinking, because I'm assuming there's no matches after that. That was the main event. In yeah, no, that's it. Okay, yeah, because what I thought they were doing, going back to the, if they're going where I think they're going, is something similar to what New Japan has done the last couple of days for Wrestle Kingdom, which is their WrestleMania, which has been on two nights for a couple of years now. Traditionally, Wrestle Kingdom saw the guy who won the G1 Climax tournament challenge for the title. That's just kind of been the tradition. But since they've gone to the two nights, they would have the IWGP champion defend on night one and they might have somebody else also on night one who would be in the contention or sometimes it might even be the intercontinental title which I think it was uh, two years ago I want to say and then on night two the champion would then defend against the guy who won in night one and it's like a winner take all you know, it's how they unified the, uh, a couple of their titles uh, a couple of years ago. So I, I was thinking they might do that thing where Brock would defend the WWE title on night one, as would Roman. They'd both be on night one, and then you do the champion versus champion at night two. That's where I think they're going, if they're going to keep the belt on Brock. But we'll see. I think you're giving them way too much credit. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they have that kind of patience. But yeah, that, that would be kind of the winner take all, and then potentially title unification. And Wrestle Kingdom did a third night where they had New Japan stars versus Noah stars. So mm-hmm. that would be interesting if we did a dream card of WWE stars versus Impact stars. But mm-hmm. uh, night three would be a Monday and that's not happening. And <laughs> I don't think they're going to do a super card because, you know, Vince, God forbid, any of his guys job out to Impact guys. So, right. Wait, Shane's going to buy Impact and there's going to be an invasion or something? I, oh, wait. I know. <laughs> uh, they're already doing it. Actually, they're uh, doing a quasi Ring of Honor invasion into Impact. Um, 
which would probably be more entertaining. So, all right. Well, uh, it's going to be a while before we even get to know any of the official matches for WrestleMania, but um, I'm willing to bet that less than 50% of this card will actually be what we get. Um, so I thought that would be a fun little exercise. Uh, I guess we'll just stick to our own predict- predictions and projections and and leave leave the rest to the professionals, I guess, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, any final thoughts? Not really. Just uh, restating that this is going to be an interesting year for, for wrestling fans, and we're just getting started. I agree. I agree. And it's, let us keep acknowledging our tribal chief because it's amazing. <laughs> well, next week we are still in a holding pattern before the Royal Rumble. So I thought uh, we would try a game next week. We, we will, of course, address any wrestling news that needs to be addressed, anything important that comes up. But we're going to play a little game of. For those of you old enough to remember the game show, Name That Tune. But we're going to modify it a little bit, and it's going to be called Name That Entrance Music. <laughs> and no, it's it's not going to be the beginning of these entrance themes, because that generally gives it away, because that's what's played on television. No, this is Name That Entrance Music, the obscure edition, because it's going to be an obscure part somewhere in the middle or somewhere randomly throughout the song where you're going to have to see how many seconds you can name that entrance theme. I mean, I don't get that amazing bullet sound at the start of ricochets. (laughs) (laughs) No bullet effect, no pulling the sword out of the stone, uh, no grand piano playing, none of that. Uh, so we'll have to see how that goes. Hopefully a little bit better than the Royal Rumble quiz, but Jared, I I think your confidence is already shot. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, you saw how I performed at that and you're going to give me the obscure stuff. So yeah, uh, (laughs) I think I'm going to be drinking before the show starts. (laughs) Jared went undefeated. What's your secret? (laughs) Day drinking, my man, day drinking. Um, and Jose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, tune in next week for that interesting game. And uh, once again, thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing. And we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can subscribe to the Wrestling Brethren podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast fix to hear the latest discussion from the Wrestling Brethren. You can visit us at twbpodcast.com for posts and episodes. Visit the mothership, if you will, at BehindTheSquaredCircle.com, home of the Behind the Squared Circle podcast network. Let us know your thoughts, questions, and comments at Twitter at TWBP Show, on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Behind the Squared Circle, and on Instagram at The Wrestling Brethren. You can follow Jared on Twitter at The Bacon Rev, and you can follow Josh at Southpaw Josh. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you again soon with more from The Wrestling Brethren. <laughs> <laughs>